Now. Three, two, one, go! What's up and welcome to episode 37 of the Cooldown Time Podcast, a horrendously good weekly show about gaming's best and bootiest. This is a special edition of the Cooldown Time Podcast because, uh, well, something happened in the industry. It's kind of a big deal and we're going to talk about it a little earlier than usual. Um, in the meantime, I'm your graphically impressive host, Marco. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, longtime friend and king a podcast co-op. We got Pablo in the house once again. Pablo, what's going on, man? Something happened? Yeah, you know, we decided to uh, add an extra episode of the show a couple days after our other um, episode dropped because nothing happened. Because absolutely nothing happened. Nope. Not a thing. Not a goddamn thing happened. Nope. Nope. No blizzards. No Activisions, nothing. Phil's been behaving. Nah, none of that happened. Um, yeah, so uh, ladies and gents, uh, it's it's obviously been a, a pretty uh, big week in the world of gaming. And uh, rather than wait until our next official episode, which by the way, we'll still have a new episode dropping on Monday like normal. Uh, but in the meantime, we decided eh, this is just too big of a story uh, to, to hold off on. So we decided to jump in and uh, share our thoughts about the big acquisition of uh, Microsoft picking up Activision Blizzard uh, in a very, very, very expensive deal uh, that we will talk about in in great depth in this episode. Um, We're not going to do loadouts. We're not going to do our normal hit points. We're we're basically calling this the critical uh, hit point episode of the show because of how critically big this is for uh, Microsoft and for uh, lots of other companies and stakeholders in the industry. And we want to unpack it all in a lot of in-depth analysis. Um, So we're going to do just that. That sounds good to you, uh, and you're new to the show. Thanks for checking us out. We appreciate you uh, swinging by. If you like what you hear, give our podcast a sub. Uh, we are where you're currently streaming us right now. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all kinds of other uh, streaming apps out there, including maybe some of your favorites. Uh, if you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. We appreciate you. And speaking of, uh, of, of our fans, we wanted to also give a special little shout out to a few of our Instagram followers who have been with us for a while and been very supportive of us. Um, so special shout out to Serial Game Killer, Return of the Game, and uh, our, our fellow podcast brethren at What the Famicom. Uh, thank you all for, for being so uh, you know supportive of our Instagram account and, and showing us love uh, and, and giving us good compliments. We get a lot of good feedback from, from, from these three uh, um, accounts. So thank you all for that. Um, we had another person that we shouted out and they got weird and like unfollowed us for some reason. So I don't know. <laughs> Can't handle that. Um, Anyways, uh, if you want to keep us in your FOV in between episodes, like I just mentioned, we are on Instagram, so you can uh, give us a follow at Cooldown Time Podcast. And we also have a Twitter account if you want to uh, show us some love there, too. It's a new account we have over there at Cooldown Time Pod uh, to stay connected with your boys. Um, Pablo, I think it's just time to go ahead and jump right in uh, to our critical hit point. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice. It's time for hit points. All right, so um, let's talk, man. Let's uh, let let's unpack this. Let's set the table. 
and and let's uh, let let's try to do a better job than some of the other outlets and pundits out there. Uh, we'll get into that too, uh, for sure. But um, you know, we want to we want to bring some balance to to this conversation that's out there about the uh, the Microsoft and Activision Blizzard uh, acquisition. And uh, to do that, let's first start by kind of talking about uh, the, the the general basics of this deal in mm-hmm. case you want to get caught up with us. Um, to summarize very briefly, uh, Microsoft's picking them up for a staggering $68.7 billion. That's a lot of money. Okay. A lot of money. Uh, certainly going to change the scope of what Microsoft and Xbox are trying to accomplish and definitely going to change a lot of what is going to be happening with Activision Blizzard from a structural standpoint and hopefully from a game and software standpoint too. The deal is uh, set to finalize by the end of uh, the fiscal year, which is June of 2023. Um, you know, and, and Activision, from what we've learned, uh, you know, since the announcement, they were actively shopping themselves around. They had approached Microsoft back in November, uh, and the two sides worked through basically through the holidays to uh, get this deal locked in. Um, there was also talk of Activision trying to sell to Facebook at one point. Uh, there was even a lot of, uh, stuff about, you know, Bobby Kotick wanting to try to acquire Kotaku and PC Gamer to change the narrative about, uh, Activision before it got to this point, I guess, which is nuts. Literally buying, uh, a, a, a newspaper, let's call it, you know, an, yeah, an outlet, a video game outlet (laughs) to be like, guys, and it's like not. It's. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it would. It would have been so obvious if Blizzard, uh, Activision buys Kotaku and Kotaku has a, an article <laughs> the next day. They're just mis. Bobby is so misunderstood. Seventeen don't reasons make Bobby why. Bobby <laughs> uh, Seventeen reasons why Bobby Kotick is misunderstood. Oh my god, that would have been so. That would have been. That would have been an interesting read. Um, Bobby Kotick is zero point zero 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 one percent Hispanic, <laughs> so he can't be racist. Yo, and he knows can't. girls, so he can't be sexist. We promised. We promised we were gonna. We were gonna behave, but we uh, forget it. Uh, Bobby Kotick deserves it. Take all these bullets. Um, but anyways, um, you know one of the biggest uh, factors um, w- that that put Activision in a hole, uh, again, according to what we've kind of been hearing about, is the state of Call of Duty, uh, the cost of video game development increasing, um, having to sort of divert studios into support roles uh, for Call of Duty to kind of keep the cash flowing. Um, You know, and even though Call of Duty has still been a really strong seller, uh, which is still, you know, uh, high marks, even though people think that Vanguard is like the worst thing ever, it still happens to be like one of the top selling games of last year and still this year. Yeah. Um, you know, even though it's it, it's 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 still the biggest in in the industry, dare I say, in terms of franchises, that the growth um, has slowed down, and and I think that has caused a lot of you know concern with with uh, shareholders for Activision, um, with numbers dropping, stocks kind of uh, being in a weird yeah. place. So yeah, and one of the problems is it's an annual franchise. Uh, and so it's coming out every year, and so it's very expensive to make these games, and it's literally what Activision is counting on every year because it's literally the only game, and you'll see that here going down the line once we talk about uh, video uh, video game franchises they've picked up. It's their only game, and so instead of instead of diverting funds into a into a franchise that's coming out every few years, so you know you're putting out a hundred, hundred and twenty, two hundred million, three hundred million dollars, whatever it costs to develop Call of Duty, you're doing that. 
at a per year basis uh, because you're, you're ramping up. You know, you have all these teams uh, making a Call of Duty game. So it just becomes this point where you need um, Call of Duty to be an incredible uh, success in, for, in order for you to make your money back. Um, the uh, In Jason Schreier's book... Um, I forgot the name of the book, but anyway, uh, one of the things that he talks about is if you if they buy you if they buy a company and you make ten million dollars and next year you make ten million dollars, you're automatically going to be shut down because they want exponential and constant growth. They don't want consistent and sag and, and they don't want to be stagnant, and so they couldn't afford literally to be stagnant even though uh call of duty is one of the best-selling franchises of all time uh because how they put all their eggs into one basket then you add the fact that they're all you know bobby Kodak and the in the work culture is all fucking horrible yeah. you know you're adding that to the to the mix uh it, it almost feels at this point that bobby Kodak and activision blizzard had no choice but to actually sell and really xbox is almost doing them the favor of of kind of saving them in that way exactly. or at least saving the brand but yeah yeah and, and and it's you know and we'll we'll obviously get into a lot of the aspects of this acquisition but it, it was a smart move on microsoft you catch them while they're down and and they're, they're not going to play hardball as much they're a little bit more i don't want to say desperate because they're still you know they're still activision blizzard right but they're they're definitely um they're putting themselves out there, right? You know, they're knocking on people's doors to say, "Hey, do you want to buy us?" And that that's that's always going to bode well for a company like Microsoft, who has the the money to buy it, but doesn't have to and, play by their rules. You know, when they're negotiating. And that's and that's good business. When you look at major companies who kind of pick up uh, other entities or other other places, they're always doing it. Uh, when they're down, like uh, T-Mobile picking up Sprint, and 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 there's so many examples of that. They're just they're picking them for their IP, their intellectual properties, their their um, their technologies that they may want to kind of add to their kind of scope. So it's all that, and and it's it's a great move, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the way we're going to kind of talk through this, um, and, and this is going to be more of an organic conversation, you guys. I mean, we're going to try to structure this out, but we're going to talk about things like the the literal structure of of this deal and what this means for Xbox and um, the the uh, you know the Activision Blizzard side as far as Bobby Kotick and the workplace culture um, that that basically Xbox is taking on now. Uh, we're going to talk about the studios and the games and and just how this is going to impact uh, the Xbox catalog and what they basically have now in their 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 repertoire as far as studios and uh and ip um and then we're also going to talk about the competition and what this means for sony what this means for nintendo what this even means for the pc gaming landscape um so we're going to cover a, a lot of these bases like we said there's a lot to unpack here but that just goes to show you how how seismic of of a of a deal this is um but Pablo, why don't we go ahead and start with? Um, let's talk about the structure of, of this deal in terms of what this means uh, for Xbox. I mean, we know that Phil Spencer has kind of been basically promoted to the CEO of of, of basically gaming uh, in and of itself. It's no longer just like head of Xbox kind of thing now. It's it's become much more elevated. Um, and, and the org chart was also shown where he has a lot of people uh, answering to him now. Um, we've also heard that once this deal does close... Um, Basically, Bobby Kodak's going to have the golden parachute to basically get out and make a lot of money on the way out the door. But he will probably no longer be in charge of this uh, yeah. this company where Phil in will basically be taking his place instead. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah. What do you know about that from what we've read? And how does this all sit with you so far? 
I think that it's pretty much at this point. Um, it's been it's been rumored heavily, uh, if not, I'll be uh, you know outright c- confirmed yet. But that Bobby Kotick is 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 staying on until the transition is is complete, and then he'll be he'll be leaving. I am pretty sure that Xbox made this deal contingent on uh, on some specifics, and that definitely being one of them. Now, him getting rich uh, out the door. Look, I, I, let's I, let's just talk about it from a business standpoint. Bobby Kotick has made Activision. Blizzard Entertainment, a lot of money. You know, yeah. His his whatever you want to call it, his his business savvy, the way he structured it, he made the money. So now he's gonna cash out on it. I, I look, it's it it sucks because you look at it from a from a point of view of, of someone who was um who who was the head of this company who culturally is just absolutely fucking demonic in terms of how they uh handled workers. Oh. And so you know you you hate to see anybody win anything and, and he's going to he's leaving with a, a, a pretty sizable check but look this man is rich so what's rich what's more money to to to, to a guy who already has money you know if this is what it takes to get him to get him out because it seemingly he's not fucking leaving yeah you know uh, yeah. unless th- this shit had to happen so you know at that point I, I, I it's it's once he's gone the healing can begin, you know, uh, and so I think that that's really important here. I think that's that far outweighs the fact that oh, he's getting money for his for his company because it is in fact, uh, you know, he runs it. He's the CEO of it, so it makes sense for the to, for him to, to to cash out like that. But you know, it, it's I, I think it's great. I think the bigger news here is the amount of faith that Microsoft has in Phil Spencer. In one fucking move, making Phil Spencer like the most powerful video game CEO in the industry. Yes. Like, you know, like just and and being that video games is one of the uh, fastest, if not the fastest growing entity in the entertainment business. Oh, we'll talk about making that. Making him one of those powerful we'll CEOs in entertainment, yeah. period. Yeah. So it, it's it's kind of crazy to me how, you know, and, and it makes perfect sense. I mean, Phil Spencer took the, a fledgling Xbox division that was not doing well. And and turned it around and has changed the industry in many ways in less than five six years. It's kind of fucking incredible when you really look at it. And so he deserves this uh, for sure. So yeah, you know, I I, I don't I'm sorry. I, I don't think a company like Activision could be in better hands. Yeah, right I'm so, I was gonna say I'm sorry, but you know, it, it doesn't get much better than this. I mean, honestly, the alternatives were you know Activision Blizzard really really falling apart. I don't think people really understand. When you're a company this big and you need someone to buy you, that's because you are in trouble. You know, maybe not financially, yeah. but it's looking pretty bad, you know. And so what I like about this is I I think this solidifies that Phil Spencer isn't going anywhere for quite a while, which is a huge yeah, relief. I agree. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, because there was talk about, you know, oh, Microsoft wants him to find his next successor and stuff like that. But maybe that. that's what it was. Maybe that's what that was. Yeah, who knows? Like, yeah. you're 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 gonna fill the shoes that you did when you were running Xbox uh, alone. Now, right? Yeah, right. So you know, I, I I beyond anything else, I think that having him here uh, in this capacity is a is a huge insurance policy that uh, Xbox, as we know it, is not going to undergo some radical change because he's just in too high of a position and too out of touch now. He's still gonna be. Yeah. He's even more ingrained now than ever. Um, so that's great. I think as far as as far as Bobby Kotick is concerned, I, when it comes to takeovers and transitions like this, I don't, you know, even though he still has the seat, um, I don't think he's really going to have the role right now. Yeah. Um, 
and I, I don't think they need him for very much. I mean, other than just kind of financials and kind of the law, the, the lay of the land, um, which I'm sure they they heard plenty about when they were negotiating. I don't think they need Bobby for very much. I mean, he's probably just going to be there as, as kind of like a quote unquote fail safe uh, during this, this, um, this period of closing the deal. Um, And, and he just needs to be there to oversee it until it's all done and in the books before he leaves. But I, I don't, I mean, I guys, I don't think Bobby Kodak's calling many shots anymore um, after this. It's, it's the transitions already happening. Uh, The the hierarchy is already established. It's already publicized. So it's probably already in the works. I don't think you have to really worry about Bobby still doing Bobby stuff at this point because, because he he jeopardized the deal if he did anything really dumb. He did, you know? Um, and in this day and age, you said that, you know, Activision Blizzard might not be hurting money wise, but I would, I would argue that today public opinion ends up equaling you money exactly. equity like i mean there is there is probably a pretty substantial percentage of people who didn't buy um vanguard because of you know it was like they were always borderline i don't know if i want to buy this year's uh call of duty but due to everything that's happening right, and right. it being so public facing yeah. it's kind of like you know what i don't need it this year and, and that's huge and that's huge you know that that that's a thing and, and you know and that's a good thing you know if you're shitty you shouldn't be able to make money off of people period. right yeah and i think to that point you know shifting gears and talking about workplace culture um I'm also really excited about that too. I, I could understand if you're uh, an Activision Blizzard employee, um, you're probably still a little uptight because it's not going to be an overnight change. Um, Xbox yeah. certainly has their work cut out for them as far as integrating their culture into a very, very broken and tattered landscape over there. Um, so it is going to, I, I would imagine, be quite a process to kind of weed out the bad people and restructure uh, and put the good people in the good places, right? Um, but I do, I do love the fact, and we've talked about this in, in episodes past, about just how there needs to be a, a light at the end of the tunnel for these guys and, and, and gals who have worked so hard and endured so much. And I really, really hope that this is that opportunity for those people to rest easy because you know beyond what this means for our gaming collections and what games are on what platforms there's human beings that are a part of this more than anything right and so um i i hope that those people who have been strained and stressed for so long have um a little bit more to be relaxed about and and, and confident about when it comes to their jobs and, and how they're made to feel about themselves you know um so i'm really really excited for those uh for those folks out there who are um, you know, trying to put these great games together for us. Um, so that's, that's, it's a big part yeah. of it for sure. Um, yeah. Why don't we go ahead and talk about, let, let's start getting into the weeds here, right? Because, you know, Activision Blizzard got a lot of games, got a lot of studios, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, you know, actually, Pablo, do you mind kind of running through um, what's in the, the Activision branch of, of studios real quick? Yeah, so so they're getting uh, they're getting Activision, obviously, and then within those uh, we have uh, Raven Software, Infinity Ward, Treyarch, Toys for Bob, uh, Sledgehammer Games, Binox, Digital Legends Entertainment, which is a mobile uh, company, High Noon Studios, Radical Entertainment, and Solid States uh, Solid State Studios. Now, 
Um, I kind of want to go over real quick here and just kind of give people a breakdown. I have it on my notes here. What each of these companies have done in the past, yes, please, in terms of game wise. Yes. Uh, so Raven Software is responsible for Call of Duty, uh, but they're also they've also been responsible for uh, Singularity, yep. which is a game that we're. I, I th- are you a fan of that game? Because I know that I am. It was cool. I, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. They also did uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance a couple of years ago. Uh, which was uh, well received. Infinity Ward has always been a Call of Duty studio, right? Um, Treyarch has been a Call of Duty studio for most of its existence, but it's also done multiple Marvel games, specifically Spider-Man based games. Uh, Toys for Bob has done Skylander, Spyro, Crash Bandicoot, and is currently serving as a support uh, dev team for fucking Call of Duty. Yep, Surprise. Toys for Bob, uh, <laughs> Sledge Hammer Games, also Call of Duty, and you get and you get kind of the 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 the, the theme here where half of their studios work for Call of Duty, work on Call of Duty, which is nuts. Uh, Beanox, uh, mo- multiple Marvel IPs, also within the uh, Spider-Man. Uh, uh, realm digital legends entertainment does mobile games uh high news studios um they did born conspiracy which was kind of a dope game i remember that a little bit ahead yeah. of this time uh and they, they've done the transformer games like the battle for cybertron like the good uh transformers games that people kind of uh raven ran about um radical entertainment is also a, a part of of their uh, of their repertoire and they've done crash tag team racing they did the game, the terrible game, Scarface, The World is Yours, oh, that people no. like. People like that one, though. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, they're, they're also known for uh, making Prototype 1 and 2, which, you know. Oh, yeah. Again, I, I forgot about Prototype. Those are, those are, those are okay games, but they, they got their fans. And then Solid State Studios is a mobile studio that they just purchased this year or last year to help support Call of Duty Mobile. So that's that's the rundown there for um, for Activision in terms of what they have. Interesting. I mean, you know, look, I, I think um, obviously the big the big elephant in the room here is the amount of studios they keep funneling to do Call of Duty stuff. Like they've they've yeah. transitioned Raven to doing Call of Duty, which you know, as you mentioned, they're a really good studio, and they deserve to yeah. be able to have their own game. Um, you know, an original IP or something, but they've just, they have been so obsessed over the years with annualizing uh, Call of Duty that honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Xbox was like, you know what, we have Warzone um, out there all year round, all the time. What if we make Call of Duty more of a biannual thing? Just keep it between Treyarch and Infinity Ward. Or, or when it's ready, kind of thing. Yeah, like, you know, it, it's just a waste of time. It's like it's it's an unnecessary thing, especially when the Call of Duty formula is so exhausted over the years. You know, like I mean, we we've enjoyed some of the recent games for sure. Like, but and that's because we've been we've been so separated from I them for just, so long. But that's the thing, yeah. Like even we had to step away for a really long time, and I I, I think it is time to evaluate the way that they're going to need to use Call of Duty. And and obviously, and we'll talk about this later on, like what they're going to do as far as exclusivity. Um, we have our opinions on that already. But but also with this, just the cadence of what they're going to do in terms of keeping this annual, not keeping it annual, how many support studios they want to keep funneling into this, 
or if they want to kind of pull back a little bit, because now you got to think now they have this in a portfolio with Halo, right? They have, you know, now they have a little bit more to play with, so they don't need Call of Duty every single year. Um, so it, it's interesting stuff that they have in their toolbox now to play around with. Um, yeah. And the other thing is a lot of these IP that they have left pretty much abandoned or, or barely utilized could use some of these studios. I mean, you know, Crash Bandicoot, I love another game for there, you know, there, but it didn't look like we were going to get yeah. one again um, from what they were doing before. Uh, Tony Hawk just kind of was like, hey, you like Tony Hawk? Here's a remake of the one of the best games ever made. That yep. We're not going to make another one. They're going to be a support studio too now. Like what? what? Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's super weird. And, um, you know, I, one of the things that was also kind of hinted at as to why Xbox was so, uh, willing to make the purchase was because they had all these studios and they had bodies, uh, they had support, they had developers, something that, as we know, Xbox has struggled to kind of fill. Like, they've le- legit gotten people from, uh, you know, from, what was the studio, uh, to help with, uh, to help with Perfect Dark. Oh, uh, Crystal Dynamics. Yeah, they got Crystal Dynamics to right. come help because they literally couldn't, uh, they couldn't hire fast enough for the initiative. So, this actually works for them. I, I mean, I, I'd be really interested to see for example, and I know that uh, Chris Dynamics is already working on that, but to give an example, like attach Raven software to the initiative, like help them sure. make this yeah. game or something like that. Like they can still be a support group if that's kind of in their wheelhouse, something that they've kind of very adaptable developers that that's can right. really pick things up real quickly. They can just add them and, and, and put them all over this. It's, it's a really interesting thing. And that's why one of the things that we'll get into as well is how we feel about the purchase in terms of like, it's not just about games because when, we're, when we go through the games... There's some IP on there that it's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, like, it's yeah. like, you know, I don't remember this at all. Yeah, I mean, all, there's definitely some, but, some, some like, low-key good ones, but there's also a case to be made that maybe the support studio plan isn't a bad plan, but maybe, to your point, they don't have to support Call of Duty. They can go support Halo Infinite and yeah, and, and, and right. support that pipeline and or, or, you know, the workflow there. Or, um, you know, or help out with the next Gears or help out with the next or help out with Perfect Dark. Yeah, yeah like, they, have, they, they have ways to play with all these 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 chips now. That's that's really going to be exciting for them as a studio, uh, because this this will increase the production of games. It'll shorten the development time um, and, and make life a lot easier across the board. So, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And also, um, you know, an, another aspect of this is obviously the fact that, um, you know, Blizzard Entertainment is is part of this deal as well. So you know the the, the Blizzard half of this is uh, just as important. That no joke. It, it's it's nothing to play with. I mean they they've got some um, some really good uh, IP on that side as well. Um, you know, but but this is a studio that has again, um, you know, kind of suffered uh, from just kind of poor management you know when you think about the Diablo series and it going to mobile and the backlash that got um the status of Starcraft and and Warcraft um kind of being you know even though I'm not super connected to the PC gaming side of things you know there's a lot of questions about what the future of those IP are going to look like um you know and then you have you know World of Warcraft not being uh uh not being uh supported like before like you know a lot that community is really up in arms about that yeah that they've kind of forgotten them yeah obviously overwatch as well just kind of being in a lot of development trouble with jeff kaplan leaving uh last year you have king uh, i don't know too much about um the, the king yeah king side. is just a, a 
King is like a massive mobile. They they're, they're the one so the responsible crush. for Candy yeah. Candy Crush. Gotcha. Yeah. So, and, and that kind of brings us to 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 some of these points where, you know, there was rumors last year that Xbox was going to make a huge push towards um, mobile gaming, and they've kind of killed like two birds with one stone, where they've gotten intellectual property they can use, and they've also now literally inserted themselves within the top two of the most successful. Uh, mobile games of all times, which is like it, it was just like crazy thinking, and, and that's where and mobile makes money, man. Oh yeah, like mobile. I I would I I wonder like if it go hey we're, let's buy let's buy us, but you can't have King. That I'm pretty sure Xbox would be like, nah, we don't want to do a deal. Like it's that had to be a massive contingent on no there. No doubt. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, for for Blizzard, I always thought it was kind of weird because Blizzard has a lot of. Great IP, like you said, StarCraft, World of Warcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, and Hearthstone, which is a, a big, uh, another big yeah. mobile uh, franchise for them. But it's weird because of the way they structure their company. They have four, five teams that they have in place, and they literally just call them Team 1, Team 2, Team 3, Team 45. Team 1 manages and works on StarCraft franchise. Team 2 manages and works on the World of Warcraft franchise. Team 3 manages and works on the Diablo franchise. Team 4 manages and works on the Overwatch franchise. And Team 5 manages and works on Hearthstone franchise and also works on smaller projects what the fuck is everybody else doing <laughs> i know they're working on overwatch i know they're working on diablo <laughs> I on Diablo, but like I, I it's so weird blizzard entertainment has blizzcon has all these like in, like these massive like they're such a big company but when you look when you look at what they have it's kind of like oh they're really just kind of like they don't have a lot happening right now and it's just super weird which is you know with these great franchises besides Diablo 4 it's coming Overwatch 2 it, it, it's I don't know it's just kind of like a, a weird we should have seen this coming is what, is what I'm saying because they, yeah. they look like they're super stagnant in development and all that so. yeah they had really no clear direction I mean it was just it was it was evident from um, you know the delays we heard about earlier with like the Overwatch delay Diablo 4 being delayed um, you know and just them trying to get ahead of that, they just feel like they've they've never really had a firm sense of direction on the Blizzard side, and I think that's because a lot of the biggest you know uh, names from the old school Blizzard era are no longer there um, to to yeah. kind of help guide and and uh, obviously maintain the Blizzard uh, legacy. Because at one point Blizzard was was the premier studio uh, yeah. in, in in every realm, PC and and console. I mean, they were just on top of the world. Not so much now, man. But um, you know, again, but with you know Microsoft kind of coming in and 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 setting up shop here, I think it's it it definitely bodes well uh, for them. I, I'm really curious to see, and we'll talk about it again later on with competition, kind of where these these IP that are PC centric um, kind of land in terms of Steam or being on Xbox only. But um, I think either way, um, the fact that Microsoft has more of these PC uh, franchises to utilize in the PC space uh, is is definitely going to be a big win for them um, moving forward. Yeah. And with all the and with all that when you look at their active users I, they were saying that Activision has 400 million uh, active users per month. I mean That's crazy. Com- and Xbox just came out to say they have 23 million active subscribers per month on Game Pass, which is up from 17 from last year. So that's it's not like Xbox is fledgling or, oh, no. or, or trying to bolster their numbers, but they just expanded their entire fucking uh, portfolio of active users to like 428 million a month, which is crazy. It's re- it's really oh, yeah. it's really just a crazy uh, purchase when you start really thinking about all like the details and the nitty gritty of everything. Yeah, for sure, man. 
Um, when we think about the the franchises that this uh, this acquisition brings to Microsoft, it's pretty wild, man. You know, it was already crazy enough to know that they had Doom and you know the Elder Scrolls when they brought in Bethesda, but now, I mean, it, it's it's exceptionally um, more robust than ever. Now, now, not every IP from Activision, Blizzard, or Bangers. I mean, you know, a lot of these, and we have a list that we're looking at in our notes. That a lot of them are just kind of like, eh. I mean. The, go, go through Yeah, them. I mean, we have Blur, uh, Caesar, Call of Duty, Candy Crush, Crash Bandicoot. That's probably, you know, you put a star there for sure uh, from Microsoft. Diablo, obviously. Uh, you know, the DJ Hero, Guitar Hero stuff, um, Empire Earth, Gabriel Knight, Geometry Wars, Gun, uh, Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm, Hexen, Interstate 76, King's Quest. Uh, I'm losing my my I'm losing track here. Overwatch, uh, I might have skipped a few by accident. Uh, Phasmagoria, Pitfall, Police Quest, Prototype. Um, shout out to the Xbox 360 era. Uh, Quest for Glory, <laughs> Singularity, uh, Skylanders. Skylanders, low key. Uh, that 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 did some numbers back in the in, in the day a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah. Soldier of Fortune, Space Quest, Spyro the Dragon, uh, Starcraft, Tenchu. Oh man, I love Tenshu from back in the day. Time Shift, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, Pablo's favorite, uh, True Crime, uh, World of Warcraft, and of course, Zork. <laughs> Who could forget? Who could <laughs> forget? Only Zork. Um, Here's the thing. Quite a list. Uh, it's one of the thing. Let, let's talk about the, the conversation because we're reading these these these, um, these games on there. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the conversation of a monopoly, uh, because. When you look at these games, I mean, what the fuck? Are, uh, what what are they monopolizing here? Uh, really, when you, when you look at it, one of the things that I hate, like I really kind of hate the conversation. Even like these like Forbes and these like these places that are 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 known about are about business. When they talk about this, they go, Microsoft has catapulted into the number three spot uh, of. Of of the third oh, of the yeah. biggest publishers of all, it's like catapulted. They were number four, my guy. They went from four to three. They spent sixty eight point seven billion dollars to go up one spot. Ten, uh, Tencent and Sony, Sony number one in terms of overall uh, publishing in terms of making money. Like it, it's it's they're not monopolizing anything. They're expanding their portfolio. Yes, they have more than what they didn't didn't have before, but that's not the definition of monopolizing. Now. If Microsoft has were to purchase Nintendo and Sony, then we have a, right. then we have a, that that's a monopoly, right. you know. Uh, at, but at this point, just because you buy something, if you buy more and you bolster yourself and you make yourself bigger, that doesn't automatically make you out to be some kind of uh, you know you're monopolizing the market because you're not. You you own Blur, Caesar, Candy Crush, fine, but like Diablo, DJ Hero, Empire Earth, Gabriel Knight, banger, oh these banger, wow, people banger, are clamoring, banger. clamoring for Gun and and Phasmagoria and fucking Pitfall. What you mean? You know, like, those it's, are gonna it's sell ten things. million units apiece. What you talking about? Like, <laughs> like even and it's funny because. These are games that are sitting in Activision's portfolio. Blur. When that game came out, that game came out to in great reviews. That game was hailed as like the next like arcade racer. They had one, and it came out in two thousand and ten. Yeah, That's it, it. It came and went like a blur. You know what I'm saying, T? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, a lot of the a lot of these games like uh, Caesar hasn't seen a release since two thousand and six. Uh, you know, 
Crash Bandicoot, which is a weird twist of events, is now a Microsoft mascot. Um, yeah. Twenty-two games in 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 their entire kind of uh, existence. Twenty twenty being the last one with uh, uh, it's about time, and that didn't do well either. Right. So I mean, look, it, it's just. There's a lot of work that Microsoft has to do, and there's a lot of work that I think only Microsoft could have done it. Like, the entire mess going on over there with Diablo. Like, what's happening there? You know, that has to be successful for Blizzard, but now it has to be successful for Microsoft. And that's what's exciting here. When it has to be successful for Microsoft, you have Phil Spencer backing the Diablo series now. Like, it cannot lose. I mean, it probably can, and it might, but... I'm more confident in Diablo 4 than I was yesterday. I'm more confident in Overwatch 2 today than I was yesterday because you have Phil Spencer, you have these things, and you might have bought a whole bunch of shit, but there's only a handful of things that really matter, and you're really going to put your focus towards that. So, yeah. you know. Let, let me, let me, let me kind of let me kind of get into a little tangent here. Give me an extra minute to kind of stick the landing on this one. Um, <laughs> one of the reasons why me and Pablo wanted to record this episode is because... Um, you know, and, and we're not trying to sound elitist in any kind of way, shape or form, but I think it's pretty safe to say that that both of us are very um, we're very disappointed in the way that a lot of media outlets and pundits and even a lot of popular podcasts have been talking about this acquisition. And I think it's it, the best time to kind of talk about that is now as we start getting into like the competition aspect of this, what, what this means for their competitors, because I think a lot of the narrative that has come up about this game, this this acquisition has been flat out messy. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of misguided takes and opinions have been kind of spilled out all over the place. And one of them is what you just talked about when people talk about the, the, this, this monopoly, uh, thing. And, and, and it's, it's not that for all the reasons that you said. And on top of that, I think another thing we have to understand is a lot of y'all got rocked to sleep for the last 10 or so years in, in when it comes to the gaming industry. You know, um, last gen was predominantly a PlayStation 4 victory lap with Xbox kind of trying to find their bearings and Nintendo off over there in the corner being Nintendo, right? I think a lot of people got very, very used to that. Even people who have been in the industry or have an understanding of the industry for a very long time. And I think because of that, A lot of y'all out there have forgotten how savage this industry is. We're talking about a video game industry, guys, and the video game industry nets a lot of money. We're talking about the projected like half a billion a year, and it's going nowhere but up. So when you have a lot of money on the table like that, you're going to have a lot of high rollers that show up to the table to play ball. And that's what's happening right now. These companies are cutthroat. They're not concerned about, and one of the things I hated was Jeff Keighley posted a poll on his Twitter account asking, is this acquisition good for gaming? Jeff, Jeffrey, let me explain something to you and everybody else who voted in that that poll. Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo do not concern themselves with making moves that are best for gaming. They are concerned with making moves that are best for Microsoft, for Sony, and for Nintendo. This is a business. 
And a lot of y'all out there, and again, it's so surprising because of how close these people are to it. I'm shocked at the reactions to this because you have to understand that. Yes, this is unprecedented in terms of how many billions are on the table, but the industry has gone nowhere but up in revenue. So with more money made, there's more money to spend. And this is what naturally happens. Xbox was a sleeping giant for years. They were trying to find their footing, recalibrate, restructure, get the right people in the right seats. And when they finally did that, they came out here swinging. Right. And so that's exactly what they're doing. Okay. And so people really need to reconcile that and stop getting so bitter and salty talking about how this is bad for the industry. It's bad for gaming. Listen, no one guaranteed any of y'all that you'll be able to play every game you love on any platform you want. Nobody ever made that guarantee. It's nice. It's a, it's an amazing convenience to see games multi-platform and stay that way, but it's not how the industry works. These companies are vying for the top spot, and because of that, they're going to go after the games you love and after the studios you trust, or after the studios that need the most help, that provide the most opportunity. And this is one of those examples. So to all the media outlets out there, to all the podcasters, the YouTubers who keep trying to sensationalize this and turn this into some Xbox equals villain narrative, y'all got to stop, and you got to remember what industry we're talking about here. And wake up. So I just wanted to get that off yeah. my chest. Because I think that's gonna Look, that 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 had to be said to kind of set the table for what else we're gonna be talking about here. In the issue in the issue with that, and, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, is Xbox and the argument has always been, and the notion is that Xbox has no games. Xbox is a redundant console. There's no real reason to own it. There's nothing really special on it. They do something to change that because they agreed with you when Xbox One came out. You know what? You guys are right. We had to cancel Scalebound. We had to do this. Our first party isn't strong. We're we're building to that. Here is what we're going to do in order to make ourselves relevant and then the vitriol and the backfire. It's your fault. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Xbox isn't winning this race. Sony is still very much in the lead. Yes. So let's not forget that. They're trying to engage in this. Like, people talk. Those of you who engage all the time on in the console war, this is what fucking happens in war. They fight. They do whatever the fuck they need to do in order to win. And that's what Xbox is doing. Now we're going to sit here and be like, I feel a certain kind of way that Xbox is buying up all these studios. Motherfucker, look. Look at this. You look at first last year. There's a report coming out that Xbox just last year. I'm sorry, that Sony just last year spent $323 million on third-party exclusives. There's rumors that Final Fantasy 16 is going to be exclusive. There's a new rumor coming out that Bioshock is going to be exclusive, time exclusive for PlayStation. Silent Hill is 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 a rumor to also be exclusive. And then they already have uh, Tokyo Ghostwire that's and a third-party exclusive. They they're doing the thing that you're being critical of Xbox doing. Now, they're not buying the entire company, but what's it matter when that one game that's going to come out that you want to play is going to be exclusive to one console? Everybody's crying. Oh, that's going to be disappointing. If PlayStation fans won't be able to play Call of Duty on Xbox. It is what it is. You yes. know, when Call of Duty 2 came out, it was only on Xbox. You know, do I want what I love 
every game to be on every system? Sure. But then that goes right back to the conversation that now we're making consoles redundant. And these companies will not go down Thank like that. You. They're not going to make themselves redundant. They're not. They're going to always stand out. And my, people might say, well, first-party titles are, are the ones to do that. Yeah, but then you got to find the edge. We both have first-party titles, but we also have Final Fantasy 16, right? We also have Call of Duty. That's how this shit works, man. This is business. It is business. You have to look at that at that point of view. And at the end of the day, it's too fucking right. bad. It is. It, it, it really Yo, is. And, right. and it sucks that PlayStation people won't be able to play Call of Duty in a couple of years. But it is what it is. Yeah. You know, you have Warzone. You know, go buy an Xbox. I'm sorry. It, it's harsh. But it, that's the reality of this business. And that's the reality of the situation. And, and a lot of it is entitlement, bro. Like, a lot of people just want to be able to buy one console. And, and, and the one console checks every box. And it has everything you want. Boy, would that be convenient. I would have loved to have yeah. saved my money in buying all these consoles and just be able to have one that has all my favorite games. You know what you can do if you're that type of gamer? You probably need to go need to get, to, to get a nice PC and, and start playing yeah. PC games if that's what you want. Because the con- But then again, you can't play no Nintendo games. Exactly. So you, you, there's always going to be a caveat to that. So you got to deal with it. But, the, but not only that, Marco, it's not only that they want the one system... To rule them all, they want the other systems to fucking die. Exactly. Oh, a then, terrible yeah, death. That's what they dead, want, right? You can't. You, yeah, that's what they you want. Got, you, and it, it's not the way this works. Uh, the, the hard part about it, like the, a lot of these people, and again, it, uh, it's shockingly people that are in the know. A lot of y'all don't know what you're talking about, and I hate saying that because well, who are we? We're just some little podcast that's trying to grow yeah. up, right? But like, but but we listen to y'all get on a camera and not make sense for hours talking about things that you you should know more about, and 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 you have to have sensibilities enough to understand the way the industry works, and that it doesn't, it's not always going to vibe with the way you want to see it. It just doesn't work. That's not how business works, and, man. And the irony of that is we know why they do it. They know their fan base. They know who, who they're talking to. But the irony of that is that they're being critical for Xbox for knowing their fan base and doing what they need to do in order to make them, you know, rise above PlayStation. Right. So it, it, it's, 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 it's hypocritical. It's crit- criticism going around just for the for their base, for the clicks. It is what it is at that point. But, man, it, it's, 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 it's incredible just the, the double standard uh, that goes and let around. Me, yeah, you know? And let me it, jump in and say this, too. Another thing that people have to understand is that Xbox is not trying to be more like PlayStation and PlayStation is not trying to be more like Xbox. I mean, I know when we see things like Project Spartacus, we go, oh, they're, here they go. They're doing their... Yeah, I mean, you're always going to see a little bit of that parody, right? But yeah. in terms of when you step back and you look at both companies, they are trying to do something very different. Right. And I, I appreciate that. I'm tired of it being the same console and it's just a battle of exclusives. Right now, Sony is positioning themselves to focus on their console space and virtual reality. That's a very, very big arena to play in. That's very unknown, very uncertain. And they're trying to, to basically, you know, own that as much as possible. Xbox yeah. don't care about no VR. Their goal is to build the catalog of, of, of Game Pass titles and first-party exclusive studios. That's their mission. 
right? So these companies are not vying for the same thing. And, and Nintendo, that's why Nintendo's over there being Nintendo, because they're just in their own world. I mean, it, they're aloof as hell, and it's kind of adorable in a weird way, but like, they're just <laughs> over there being Nintendo because Yo, they have a different There's goal. something to be said about the biggest acquisition in video game history that just happened and it really don't mess it don't really affect nintendo at all <laughs> it's crazy that's the thing like this and and, and I, you know we'll transition into the into the competitive aspects of soon but i, I just again it, people got to understand that these companies are not fighting for the same things you know sony and, and sony's not Sony's not tripping. I mean, yeah, they're a little bruised this week because of what they've they found out, and their stock went yeah, down a little bit. Mark, yes, you know, not, yeah. they, they got they got some figuring out to do for sure. Um, but that happens all the time when the big announcement exactly. here. If Sony has a big announcement, Xbox going to take a hit. That's it's just, always that's just the yeah, it's land. always fluid like that. There's always always going to be a tennis match, right? So. People just have to understand that. Like it's, it, and I guess we might as well just kind of jump into the. But I was going to say to add to that, the, the conversation of console war today is ridiculous. In that, when you think about Genesis versus SNES, they used to legit come out with Aladdin, and they were different games. Yeah. Like this is really the battle of. SNES or Genesis kids because it's like, oh, I have an Aladdin game. Oh, I have an Aladdin game. My, my Aladdin version is better. I have Mortal Kombat. You have Mortal Kombat. My Mortal Kombat has blood. Yours doesn't. Like, that, <laughs> not, we're not seeing that anymore. Like, I, I, I'll play Far Cry 6 on my Xbox uh, One or my XX Series X or PS5, and it's the same right. game. You know, there's there's no differences. Back then, there was a little bit more to do with the whole console war thing because you literally had one-for-ones in terms of, like, Aladdin, Lion King. Completely different games. Just completely different games. So yeah. the whole conversation is dumb. It doesn't work in today's uh, in today's uh, video game landscape. Yeah, no doubt. You know, no doubt. Yeah, um, we'll circle back to that in, in a in a little bit. But let's. Why don't we start with? Uh, well, before we kind of jump into the next phase of it, you know, uh, additional acquisitions as part of this deal. Battle.net, uh, Major League Gaming. Uh, and of course, uh, the film rights to uh, Call of Duty uh, from Activision Blizzard Entertainment. So, any any yeah. any thoughts about those three um, pickups as well? Yeah, yeah. This just kind of further solidifies the fact that Xbox is Microsoft didn't make this purchase solely on the fact that they were going to get video games. This is a this is an entire kind of ground shaking right. landscape change up because when you look at what they've done, they've bolstered their game their mobile game division. They now have inserted themselves into esports, you know, and now they're 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 right there along with with you know, further in trying to, to make, you know, video games, movies, which suck, but they have one of the biggest franchises, Call of Duty now. Like, they've they've not only uh, bolstered Xbox as a, as a brand because of video games, but throughout all of that, beyond video games. This, uh, this, this, this transcends video games specifically because it's just, it's everything having to do with the industry. They've inserted themselves in a very important way, each of those, in each of those little right. spots. So it's, it's, that's an amazing purchase. And yeah. it's not, it, it, to your point, it's, this is not all just an attack on PlayStation. You know, it, it's, it's so no. much broader than that, that people, again, you guys have to keep it in perspective and don't listen to these outlets that want to make it Sony versus Xbox out of this. It's so much more than that. Play Sony, Sony, when you really look at it, Sony isn't losing no. because because they they have their first parties, they have they'll have third party support throughout, 
and Call of Duty isn't going anywhere for right now. You know, sure. it, it's gonna take some time to get that to get that done. And it's just it's ridiculous. Look, if Sony comes out of this on the other end of this, after Xbox has spent billions and billions and billions of dollars, and the only thing they don't have to their name is Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, you, I think you'll they, be fine. They gotta be gonna right. it off. Listen, Sony's about we've said this many times. It's a theme here. We are confident Sony is about to have their biggest year of probably ever. Yo, you know, and yeah, man. there's a lot of there's a lot of news about place Xbox catching up, 12 million sold to the 15 million that Sony sold. I guarantee by the end of this year, Sony's gonna be way ahead of Xbox. It's yeah. just it's just the way it is. Now, now before yeah. we get into Sony in a little bit more detail, let's let's address another one of the big elephants in the room, or what's perceived as an elephant in the room. Let's talk about game exclusivity. Right, because that's the big question. You just alluded to it a second ago with with the possibility of losing Call of Duty. Let's plant our flags in this right now, Pablo. Are Activision games eventually going to be Xbox slash, you know, PC exclusive, devoid of PlayStation, devoid of Nintendo? Yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, come on. 70, almost close to $70 billion spent. You, yes, yes. I, undoubtedly, yes. Now, you know, things have come out saying Phil Spencer is saying, hey, my intention isn't to pull anything away out of Sony. Uh, but that all that talk just sounds a lot like the Bethesda shit. There's, he, Warzone isn't going anywhere. Warzone is going to be like Minecraft. Right. You know, it, it, it's going to be there. Comparison. It's probably going to be... That's a really good comparison. Yeah. It's probably going to be the thing that gets supported constantly, consistently, even a Warzone 2. That's going to be a thing that always stays on there because of the fact that doesn't really cost, I don't, I don't know anything, but it probably doesn't cost as much to develop an entire uh, Call of Duty game, and it's and it's already established, and, and, and everybody plays it, and it, you know it makes it's gonna make the money. So, I yeah, abs- absolutely, I think eventually Call of Duty mainline games, a couple of years down the road, are gonna be exclusive to the Xbox platform, play Game Pass, uh, you know, uh, Overwatch. Probably three, if there is a three. Um, I don't think Overwatch 2 is going to be exclusive. I, I think, you know, that game's already soon to come out next year. So, you know, they'll probably miss the boat. Diablo 4, probably exclusive. Or, or, But regardless of this, regardless of that, it, it's going to be on Game Pass. And that's amazing. But yes, I, I, you listen, just like I said, you don't spend $7 billion to keep it exactly the same. You spend money to bolster your catalog. You do that by saying... We have Call of Duty on fucking Game Pass. People, gonna, how many people do you know now or over time that only play Madden and Call of Duty? They're gonna buy the Xbox. They're just gonna yeah. do. It. That's just what's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, what again, do you think? Again, people, you know, media pundits, all of y'all, even even a lot of fans, you've had time to kind of reconcile how this goes when you saw what happened with Bethesda. To Pablo's point, it it is what it is. Okay. You guys have to under now. Look, it might not be a ripping of the bandaid, right? And and out of nowhere, uh, right? Kiss Call of Duty no, goodbye so. this year. It, it's it's going to be a process. It's going to be a weaning, right? But it's going to happen, okay? And and again, they're not going to spend an unprecedented seventy billion just to give Sony games. It's just not going to work that way. Again, you guys have to understand. Nope. I know you want to get the most bang for your buck out of your PS Five. I do too. But reality is reality, and I got to call a spade a spade. It's not going to happen. So I think that there is going to be a gradual, um, and, and I will say this, though. I think, I think 
they kind of need to develop a strategy about that soon. And they need to be clear about that soon. Um, it, one thing I will give people in terms of criticism to Microsoft is there was a lot of uh, vagueness, uh, even now, you know, and I get it. They're, they're, they're still trying to figure a lot of stuff out. They're not going to have yeah. all the answers on day one. I'm not asking for that. But sooner than later, you kind of need to let people know where you stand um, and not wait until the debut of, of Starfield to say it's an exclusive or, you know, the, the, it, just try to get ahead of it a little bit, a little bit quicker. And just shut it down yeah, and be definitive. You know, That's my only thing. I, I'm not saying that they did a I terrible with, job last time around. I'm just saying it it lingered on way longer than it needed to. Yeah, but you know what? I don't think I don't really think that was Microsoft's fault. I just think that was social media and and, and all these conversations being had. Like people had opinions. Like I think it's pretty simple. When I say I own something, it's mine. I mean, that's never been a question before. When Sony buys Housemark, Housemark, which they bought last year, we're not going, I wonder if we'll get a Housemark game on Xbox. Nobody's doing that. <laughs> you know. So I, I think that, I think maybe Microsoft got caught a little bit off guard in terms of like wanting the definitive answer when I just spent seven goddamn billion dollars. Like, what are we talking about here? Same thing, oh, close to $70 billion. I, I don't know, I don't know who the fuck buys something so they can just share it with it. like you know what i mean like nobody goes i don't go to my my local mcdonald's buy the franchise and then just pretend i don't have it like just open it doesn't work that way it's mine you know i'm gonna do with it as i please and that's what they're gonna do it's i I just don't understand like i I never i've never i've never in my whole life had to explain to people what ownership means, well, which is insane. I think my only counter to that is that it's going to take some time before things start to become exclusive. So to avoid confusion, yeah. because this year we're still going to get Call of Duty multi-platform. So I, it, it's going to cause confusion of, well, we, we, we got this Call of Duty after the acquisition. Why don't we get the next one? For well, people I mean, that aren't as well informed, you have to be clear to them. You know, like people that are more in the know kind of get it for the most part. But you know, it's it's though it's the casuals essentially. Like you got to make it make sense to them. Yeah, I guess you. You know, I guess you do. But you know, I I just it's not a problem with any other and any other developer. I, yeah, I guess because these or any other company. I guess because these purchases are so big. But you know, you spend two hundred and thirty million dollars or two hundred fifty million on Insomniac, or you spend seven billion. You know, nobody was questioning yeah. Insomniac in terms of what they were going to do next. Well, they're going to are they going to do an Xbox game? No, it, they belong to Sony. Yeah. So, I, I think eventually, once this closes, uh, I think that it will be. Um, you know, it, I don't think it's a question, but yeah, it might be gradual, and they might need to do a better. If it is, if it isn't that immediate, they might have to probably just be like, hey, you know, next year, kind of what Sony did with MLB the Show, when they go, hey, in two years from now, this is going to be on everything. So, maybe they do something like that. But I mean. I just feel they're not obligated to right now. I mean, not you know, not until the, the purchase is final, and also, yeah, it's I bought it. Yeah, it's it's too yeah. soon for that now, but hopefully sooner than later. Um, now let's yeah. let's have a little bit of fun before we talk about the competitive stuff. Um, Pablo, when you look at the the list of games we we ran through earlier, if you if you got a chance to be Philly Spencer, and you could bring back three of those IP, um, even if they're not like they they haven't been dormant forever, but like the on again off again ones like Crash or Tony Hawk or something like that. If you could pick three from that list that you say Xbox, ha- they have to bring these back. What are you picking? Yeah. So first is True Crime. True Crime, um, baby, baby. You know, 
Sleeping Dogs is a game that came out that was supposed to be a true crimes game, and then through development, it switched over. I, I think that true crimes definitely lends itself to that kind of storytelling, and in that in, in that open world, I would love a a another true crime. Uh, the second one would be kind of knowing what I know now in terms of just certain ways that people develop games and open worlds. I, I would, and, and with Spider-Man that came out and, and I would, I'd like another prototype, mm, uh, okay. you know, uh, like, you know, remade or something just like with, with Xbox money behind it. Uh, and my third one's a little controversial because it's not really, it's, this, this kind this IP isn't dead. It's very much alive, but there's something that died that they were making. That's Starcraft. That's ghost, uh, <laughs> which was that, which is that third person? Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, we talked about it at the like the the Halloween episode. Yeah, yeah. Which is that third person, uh, like action shooter that looked really cool and for whatever reason got canceled. Uh, I would like to see that. I I would like Xbox money behind that, and you know, taking a franchise like StarCraft that is predominantly a PC centric thing and bringing that over to consoles in a way that makes more sense for consoles. That would be pretty dope. Right. I would pick uh, Tenchu. I'm a stealth guy. I got I gotta see Tenchu come back if possible. I love Tenchu. Um, I gotta do Tony Hawk. I, I think they did a great job with the re uh, the remake um, from a couple years ago. I would love to see that continue. But you can't even climb stairs. Huh? You can't even climb yeah, stairs in that game. Tony, Tony, don't <laughs> um, I would love to see that come back. And I think the third one. Yeah. Um, ugh, what do I want for the third one? Uh, I would say, um, yeah, I would say true crime. I think true crime would be pretty dope to see come back for sure. I think that was a yeah. a, a criminally underrated franchise back in the day that um, you know just kind of got um, lost in the shuffle back in the. The, the the GTA is the thing heyday you know it just wasn't it just wasn't enough to yeah. them um, I'd love to see that that'd be and, dope you know it, and Gun was kind of cool uh, it was all right it when was it came right. out it. yeah it was all right okay um, and if if it wasn't for Forza Blur would be pretty dope but you know why you got yeah, Forza yeah, yeah so yeah all right but yeah so now let's um let let's you know we kind of alluded to it for a little while but let's kind of get into the nitty gritty as far as the the competitive blowback of this right so let's start with PlayStation since that's the big you know apparently the big question mark um you know you said it best Pablo like <laughs> the Sony is is going to be fine let me tell you something okay when when they when they got up that morning right Kratos wasn't missing Aloy didn't leave. Mm-hmm. Them Gran Turismo cars in the parking lot, they, they didn't get stolen. Okay? Their IPs are still there, and they're still just as good. They're still just as popular, and they're still just as highly anticipated as ever. Okay? Sony is going to be fine. Okay? Um, yes, it it does cut to, to potentially or most likely lose uh, Call of Duty because I, I you know I pretty much agree with you like this is it's a done deal it's not coming to the PlayStation for much longer um, it is what it is but PlayStation is in great shape like I said earlier they are you know they're focusing on expanding into the VR market you know pretty heavy uh, this time around hopefully they do the right things there and become successful and really get VR off the ground. Um, and you know, they're gearing up to have a pretty incredible year, uh, by all accounts. So I don't think this does a lot to them. I think what they do have to figure out is, 
Um, now you are even more kind of behind the eight ball when it comes to having a successful shooter on your platform. Um, and, yeah, and they were cool. already struggling. You know, they didn't have a lot to go with already. They were leaning on Warzone and the Fortnites of the world. How about Haze? Haze, baby. How about Haze? Uh, How about Mag, baby? <laughs> but, hey, but you know what? This would be a yep. good time. Yep. yep. To SOCOM. get SOCOM back on, on the map, right? Like, this is the time. You you need, you do need something. You need a multiplayer and not Battlefield. Yeah, you ain't going to get Battlefield. Battlefield ain't going to help you. But if you can get a good military IP that already has equity, that already has fans clamoring for a comeback, you already have that in your, uh, your, your, your vault. Pull that thing out. Listen, it doesn't even... It doesn't even need to be a military IP in that sense because you got the Halos, right? They don't even have a Halo compared. Like, I think Resistance would be a a, a dope comeback. Killzone. I, I think uh, Killzone, which it's already there. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's funny because when I think about, it, I told you, I told this to I, I, you know I, I I told you this earlier. When you think about the biggest stories of the last 15, 20 years, they're all Xbox related. Number one, Game Pass and Day one games with first party studios. Number two, them purchasing Bethesda. And number three, what just happened yesterday, them purchasing Activision Blizzard. Why did that happen? Because they were losing to Sony. So Sony ain't got, this is literally a reaction to Sony being number one. So, like, the whole conversation by Xbox fanboys now, let's, let's get in on them a little bit, that Sony is oh, dead. Oh, oh, nah, yeah. man. You, oh, you wish, Come motherfucker. Oh, you on. wish. Tell, listen. It is not happening. Thank you for reminding me to say something about that, too. Listen, you guys got to stop with the RIPs. It, the generations, are, it's over. The Vince Carter gift from the dunk content, it's over. It's over. <laughs> you guys got to relax. It's not over. It's not. Sony is still coming for your throat. Pause. Yeah, man. Right? <laughs> no, but it, it, it's but, true, though. You're right. I mean, it, Xbox fans, please be excited. You should be. But calm down a little bit. Sony's still yeah. got a lot in the chamber, and they have a lot of stuff they can tap into if they want to, like a SOCOM, for sure. Yeah. So I my, my fear with Sony would be them trying to match Xbox energy and, and trying to purchase... EA or something like that. Not because I'm afraid to lose mad or anything like that, but it's, like you said, right now we're in a, a great time with games with three companies doing three different things. I would hate for Sony to try to emulate more of what uh, Xbox is doing because that would kind of, you know, that wouldn't work for them. They don't have the liquidity. They don't have that money like to, to do what Xbox yeah, is Yeah, not that much. So no. it, it just wouldn't, <laughs> not that much. It wouldn't bode for them. It wouldn't bode well for them. And um, yeah, but um, Nintendo, hmm. um, what Nintendo needs to do is the same shit they may always do. <laughs> but uh, to be honest with you, this does put a little pressure on Nintendo uh, in terms of staying relevant this year. On Monday, we're going to have an episode uh, of the, of, of our podcast here. And I don't want to kind of give my prediction away, but I do think that that Nintendo is going to do that this year, and that's mm. one of my predictions. That, and I'll go more in detail into that. But I I think that aside, I think Nintendo does need to do something, and they need to do something now. Hmm. Uh, they need to be. They need to have a big year. They need to have a hype as fucking year, uh, because they're gonna fall behind with all this Xbox news, all these PlayStation games, Ragnarok. Uh, you know, Horizon, Forbidden West, uh, all these games that are coming out this year, they need to do something, and I think Nintendo will. But right now, Nintendo needs to 
gear up. I don't know what they're going to do with the new console. You know, they're not in the same space in terms of technology or, or, or trying to have a graphically impressive uh, system or, or as graphically impressive as PS5 and Xbox Series X. But they need to do something. Yeah. Uh, and I think this is going to push them to, to do that. Uh, well, you never know. I mean, um, you know, what, what Nintendo needs to do versus what they want to do can be two completely different things. So I yeah. can never count on Nintendo to make sense. Um, they're just yeah. going to be helplessly Nintendo and you got to hope that what they are in that moment aligns with what you want as a Nintendo fan, because they're just going to yeah, operate in but, that linear path no matter what. Yeah. But every few years, what they need to do and what they want to do lines exactly. up. Sometimes the stars, 2017 constellations you know, align. Line. <laughs> yeah. 2017, for example. Yeah. And I and I and I and I really do feel that this is the year. This is another one of those years. It feels like 2017 all over again. It just feels. Is it 2017? Yeah, 2017. Yeah, yeah. Um, it feels like that all over again. And I really do feel because you have so many of these IPs that they haven't spoken about in such a long time. IPs that need to be re uh, revealed. IPs that we're expecting. Like this is this could be their. I think this will be one of their bigger years. Uh. This will be the big year ever. That's my yeah. opinion on that. But we'll go into detail. They it. they do have a lot of problems to solve, though. I think you know when you when you start to talk about the way that Game Pass is is shaping up, right? Which is just becoming almost insurmountable, and you have Sony creeping up with some type of equivalent coming soon. You're still not doing anything like that, and you're and you and you're you probably don't have to because your games. You, I mean, Mario Kart 8 is still selling like it just came out two days ago. You know what I mean? And it's not on sale. Never. Never been on sale. Never. <laughs> like, I've seen, I've seen Breath of the Wild on sale twice on the eShop. I'm like, that, that's insanity. Yeah. But it becomes a question of value, right? Because for a lot of people, especially hardcore gamers... It's a question of value! <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about Ken Levine's games no more, son. Uh, no, look... The, the Switch has always kind of been positioned uh, for hardcore gamers as the secondary console, right? So now, how do you fit in if someone's primary console is an Xbox and they have so many games available on the Xbox they can play on Game Pass that you're here's another Nintendo system collecting dust until Zelda comes out, you know? Like, or if you're Sony. Yeah. And you're a big you're a big PlayStation person. Well, now the PSVR two is coming out soon. That's a whole new catalog of games. You know, hypothetically, right? And, and and now, what do you do as Nintendo to remain relevant for for that person's living room, right? Well, stay tuned on Monday because I got a prediction on that. Okay, baby. you better because it's 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 looking a little shaky in some respects for Nintendo. Not not to say that they're like in trouble. I just you know that they have a lot to figure no, out no. too. Um, but yeah. It's going to be interesting, man. Um, I agree, I agree. Any final thoughts as we start to kind of, you know, process what the year or two years are looking like out of this whole thing? Anything that just kind of you want to throw out there about, you know, the the, the reaction to this or just the business side of this? Anything no, else? No, I mean, look. Look, Xbox purchased, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of people out there. Why didn't Xbox purchase Ubisoft or... Or why did Xbox purchase EA? Yeah. 
Um, I, I I think that this is the best option for many reasons. One, which we already in a kind of recap. One, expanding that workforce. So many studios that they have to work with. Uh, so many support studios that are already in that role. They know exactly what's going on. They know exactly how to adapt. Uh, four hundred million users a month for Activision. Uh, you know that's huge for them. Bolstering their mobile. I think that's a big part of it. Their mobile uh, uh, gaming. Uh, that's massive. Uh. Owning proprietary IP like Battle dot like Battle dot Net and other legacy IPs, you know, um, becoming a player in esports, automatically being the owner of Major League uh, uh, Gaming, like that's uh, and just like ownership there of things that are beyond gaming, like uh, you know the uh, entertainment studio, like these things fit in every aspect of their portfolio that's beyond gaming, and I think that's why this made more sense than Ubisoft. When Ubisoft, you get you get a lot of uh, you get a lot of games, but you, you, at that point you start having to diversify these very similar games, and then you're you're kind of just you, all you're doing is buying names at that point. You're not doing anything else. And then when you go, if you were to buy uh, what's the other one they talked about buying uh, EA or WB, I mean, you know, or WB, like again, you're, they're going beyond what is games here they're, they're bolstering a lot of other parts of, of their of of things that not necessarily uh sony would do nintendo would do but that's the point yeah they're different they different <laughs> they built different yes, sir um all right so here's my final thoughts and you know I, I hate to be such a broken record but i really really hope that you know you listeners out there who checked out this episode can come away from this with a different perspective on this because you're going to hear a lot of stuff about this for for months to come right and so it's going to the topic's going to be exhausted for everything it's worth and so the most important thing that you can come away with is is having proper perspective and and that's why me and Pablo wanted to do this i will say in closing again the gaming industry is not a game. I'm going to say it one more time. The gaming no industry game. is not a game. Okay. Yes. These companies are, are, you know, we talked about it in the last episode. A lot of them are, are, are very much trying to be pro consumer and do things that benefit you as the gamer, but they have to do what benefits them as a business. And so, you know, if, if you want to be salty about it, that's your choice. You can think what you want to think, but you have to understand what's at stake when these companies step into the gaming space. It's not for everybody. That's why Google didn't didn't pan out. That's why Amazon is still nope. stumbling and fumbling over there with Luna. Like, it's not easy to get in the gaming space and be successful. So when you get in, you got to stay in. And this is the way that Microsoft had to do it because they had a rough generation with the Xbox One. They needed to rebound. They had to restructure and they had to build up their catalog. And and this is Microsoft we're talking about. The wallet is endless and they're going to spend that money. So, you know, I know a lot of people loved Xbox when they were runner up, but that's not where Xbox wanted to be. And so <laughs> the lovable loser, exactly. It was so much more convenient when everybody just sat back and let PlayStation just be PlayStation and everybody can just gawk at them and be in just amazed and in awe of what they're doing. That ain't what Microsoft wants. And, and I'm sorry guys, but you can say what you want. Oh, they're like, they're building the super team. You know what I mean? Uh, instead of building through the draft, yep. but you know, again, they got the money to spend. And if Sony wants to, 
compete with with Microsoft on any kind of level, you know, this is what comes with it. So I, I'm really curious to yep. see what Sony's going to do in response to this, um, how they're going to play their cards, if they're going to change much at all. Um, you know, I, I think that, that they're probably talking about that right now, and we'll learn more probably throughout the year. Um, but it, it's it's a new day, man. It's a new day for gaming, and and the gaming landscape is is never going to be the same. And I got news, guys, and Phil said it himself. Um, and it might not happen right away, but I don't think they're done. Um, you know, I think they're going to have to wait for this to close before they jump into anything else. But he already said in so many words, like, you know, if the, if, if it's the right fit, we're going to consider it. So, hey, man, it is what it is. I, I'm still looking at Crystal Dynamics like, come on, it's a it's a it's a tryout. Mm. Hey. Hey man, you never know. We'll see. I got a prediction about uh, something about that uh, for the next episode. But I'm a little cryptic. Next episode's gonna be a good, yes, one. sir. Uh, but that is, uh, I think, gonna do it for this uh, surprise episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this. Um, still, go back and listen to our, our episode from Monday if you can. That was a really fun episode that uh, we got to dig into a lot of really cool topics. Um, obviously, the console war segment that we did is uh, a little bit different now that this happened. But I think. <laughs> I think it's still a good... <laughs> Phil always does this to me, man. We have a really good topic, and he's like, actually, my dick. No, that shit irrelevant immediately. You ranked us third and first party? How about... <laughs> so, um, but please go back and check that out. Uh, and if you haven't already followed us, uh, please do. If you're, if you're so inclined, we really appreciate the the, the following uh, that we have. So uh, thanks to all of you who came back again to check us out. But um, in the meantime, stay tuned for our next episode on Monday as we get into some pretty fun predictions for 2022. Uh, but that's going to do it. So on behalf of Pablo, I am Marco. And uh, you're welcome and we're out.